Ulysses, the god of the darkest parts of Chicago. Welcome back to Podcast Plus One. I gotta put my hoodie over my eyes so I'm more mysterious. Plus one. Plus one. one. I'm here with a plus one. We've got plus plenty one. of D&D magic on this podcast today. We're going to talk about our first ever characters and how fucking cringy they were. Even cringier Mine than this. <laughs> and we got a fucking skeleton on the show today. Hello. Hi. Skeleton. How are you? Where are you from, oh. skeleton? Uh, I am from the underdark of Chicago. Ah. As am I. And we've got a very special show for you today. We have another special guest coming up a little bit later, in case you're interested in meeting some more people from D&D Fantasy. We've got bananas, coffee, and all of the usual shit. But now, we actually have an email that you can write in. Skelly, do you want to tell them what the email is to write in to our D&D podcast, done in VR? Absolutely. Okay. The email to write in to our D&D podcast, done entirely in VR is podcast plus one, spelled O-N-E, mail at gmail.com. I'll say it for you one more time because it's a little more. complex. Just one more. Only once more. Yes. Podcast plus one, mail at gmail.com. Yes, and we will get to as many as your D&D questions and topics as you email in. I, this show has probably one viewer right now, so maybe you're the second. That's a big wink towards you over there. Whether you're watching, whether you're listening, TikTok, Instagram, whatever the fuck the kids use, we're going to try to roll a 20 on all of those fronts by making something entertaining and informative. Today we're going to talk about our first ever characters, too, which I'm really excited about, how cringy they were, um, and maybe some other things as well. Skeleton, that's a good place to start. Why don't we? Okay. Tell me about your first ever character playing Dungeons & Dragons. Do you even My, remember? I do. As a matter of fact, I found the character sheet just yesterday. <laughs> okay. The, the number one thing everybody's wondering, first off, how are the stats? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have the character sheet in front of me, but uh, I believe they're okay. Yeah. He was charismatic as fuck, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. He was a sorcerer, you see. A half-elven sorcerer. Wait, is that what you used to be now that you're a skeleton? Is this, are you the dead remains of your first ever D&D character? Or is your... Wait, here's a better, better question. Is your first ever D&D character still alive? What year is it? I don't know. It's 20, 2022. After the of, Jesus thing. Of the third age, the fourth age? No, there's a, there was a Jesus thing. Oh, so it's We're the second Chicago. age. We're in Chicago. So it's twenty. It's the year 2022 of the second age, correct? Yes. Then he's dead as hell. Okay, so maybe, is that you? It could be. Do these bones look half-elven? Look at my fingers. They're bent backwards. Those, that's definitely half-elven. Yes. yes, it is I, Dulinor. And that what, was his name. Dulinor? <laughs> Dulinor. <laughs> was your tagline Dulinor do more? No, but it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> Why should I we tell hire you, what you for this job? Because <laughs> do Lenore do more. <laughs> ah, just give me the gold up front. It's already over. I've already done it. So, <laughs> can we, wait, can we just have an aside out of character really quick? Because you never actually told me 
about this character. You briefly mentioned you found the character. Very briefly. Sheet. Yes. So tell me about him. Was it the stereotype? Was it the cringe? Was it, did you have a good time with it? I had a good time with it. So he was where I learned to get into character and role play. I mentioned it in the, in, in the last episode that it wasn't any particular stereotype, but it was the, the sort of stereotype where I put myself into the character. Mm-hmm. And what, so, what, was his, what was their thing? Uh, he was absolutely fucking useless. Okay, that's not a thing. <laughs> what was, did you even have a concept of like, hey, I'm going to make a character, what's their thing? Or are you the, were you the person that's like, roll stats, pick a class, I'll figure it out as I go? Uh, a little of both. I had an idea for the character. I wanted to do more character stuff. As you know now, I'm much more into RP than min-maxing stats. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the idea, even though I didn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And I had no plan initially. I didn't know how long this game was going to last. Mm-hmm. So I, I developed it over time. Are you? Do you make characters differently if you know they're going to be shorter term? Absolutely. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good question for y'all out there wanting to write into the show for the first time. Do you, when Absolutely. you make characters, do you have some characters that are just, you know, they're short term characters or you know they're going to, or, or do you spend a week writing a backstory if you know it's going to be a campaign? I feel like I don't. I feel like I do it the same way no matter what, every single time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I skip, I skip the backstory part for one shot characters. Okay. Not even just like a bullet point, like a, like a couple quick I mean, sure. points yeah, of we'll, reference. We'll a bullet point. Yeah, we'll hit a, bu- a bullet point or two here and there, but I don't, I don't dive into the um, like, sort of what makes them tick. Right. I think the best things are three or four bullet points and remove all the proper nouns. Like if there's yeah. proper nouns in your backstory, just remove them and you've got a good, <laughs> like you've got enough information to like make them work. I feel like if you don't do anything, even for a one-shot character, you end up being like a walking character you know being like a walking walking mashed potatoes this is like <laughs> a, a amorphous like m- blank mush that like kind of molds to the situation but also doesn't add anything or get other characters right. to react to the character because there's nothing to like bounce off of i think it's right. almost better to like hyper hyper exaggerate a couple bullet points about their character to the point where people have to react to their personality in some way. Like it forces it to happen because they're so abrasive yeah. or they're, they're so quiet, so shy, so violent, so loud mouthy, like so rich and flamboyant. Like it has to yep. be to the nth degree and then you can dial it back. But then you have like some identity and you can figure out ways to twist it and make it different. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't be a bowl of mashed potatoes. <laughs> like, nah. Like, Nobody likes unseasoned mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. It just it takes up space on your plate. It doesn't add anything to your meal uh-huh. unless you mix the peas in, but then peas are character. Yeah. Texture. Yeah. Do you remember Diamond? You might not. It like, was a one-shot we ran a long time rings? ago. <laughs> like, what do you mean, Diamond? <laughs> like that Minecraft <laughs> substance? I made, a, I made a one-shot character named Diamond, and he okay. was a... Hyper flamboyant, takes no shit from no one diva. Okay. And 
pretty much got us kicked out of the Quest Giver's Tavern in like the first five minutes of the one shot that you were running. Okay. I don't remember this. That is the perfect example, I think, of what you were just talking about, where you you drop in a little bit of the, a little too much of everything, and uh-huh. then you dial it back into a regular one-shot character. Uh-huh. But I developed in the same way I would have any, any other one-shot character, mm-hmm. which is one bullet point. What was that bullet point? This man's a diva. <laughs> just diva. That's it. <laughs> you know what? That's, I feel like that's enough. I feel like one really good bullet point is enough to at least start, right? Because I think mm-hmm. people's number one concern or maybe anxiety about playing, especially a new character with, with people, is the first sentence that comes out of their mouth, right? Yeah. Like the first sentence that comes out of your mouth sets the tone. Uh-huh. And I feel, it's like... I'm not big on like, first impressions because I think in real life they're kind of useless. But in D&D, I feel like setting a good first impression for your character, it will make the rest of the game so much more natural and easy for you, even if it's yeah. ridiculous. It's Absolutely. like just that's the icebreaker at the business corporate meeting is the first mm-hmm. thing your character says that reveals his personality. Like my, my first character was named Zaken. And he was based off of a World of Warcraft character I had who was a night elf rogue and was just super mysterious. And I did the <laughs> tropey, like, like flicks his little dagger in the air and tosses it and catches it in the alleyway in the dark. He's, like, always running away from his party. He doesn't want to be associated with them. Couldn't figure yeah. out why he even needed anything, right? Why he even needed the group. But... um. The only thing that I remember that was good about that character, an important lesson that I learned, is yep. that as it, it's it's a good lesson to improv too. It's the tried and true technique of you try to be this cool, mysterious character, and mm-hmm. if you do, if you participate in the game, you're gonna roll dice, and eventually, the cool thing you're trying to do is gonna fail. And I think this game all comes down to how you react when something doesn't happen the way you want it to happen. And it can either end up ruining your experience, because I remember we have a mutual friend who also has been on the Mighty Dungeon YouTube channel a couple times in the one shot, Gozira. Mm -hmm. He was running the game. I was on a rooftop being cool, spying on people, and I was flicking my dagger or a coin or something, just trying to be cool, and I... I dropped it and people (laughs) and people noticed me like just dropping things on the roof and then it started on the spiral of okay I can either try to run and hide and like try to make everybody not see the mistake I made to keep up with this facade of I'm the coolest character um or it was a slow burning realization that I'm not as cool as I think I am (laughs) <laughs> and not not as me as a person, but as the character. As the character, right? Yeah. And it was like I was getting a good five to ten years of a teenage angst being humbled in a very short <laughs> amount of time, right? And yep, it's it's not not something like I said. It's not something like I entirely relate to in my real life. But it's part of the fun of D and D is I feel like you get to live out in in fast forwarded time 
like arcs of other people's lives as they are experiencing certain like social situations or uh, consequences of their actions. Yeah. So that's, I feel like I did the, I'm guilty of doing the trope, but the trope became a good lesson, right? I didn't, some people double down and become married to the fact that they can only have fun if they're cool in the game. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. That's to me, that's like the best way to start is you, you have fun, but man, if you feel like you're not doing the thing you should be doing or you're messing up or your character's not turning out the way you imagine them to turn out, I think that's where most of the problems with first characters or even any character comes from is when you mm-hmm. project the entire future of the character before you even play. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people have that problem instead of just letting the game dictate that. Yeah, and it 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 forces you into the into a corner, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can't grow mm-hmm. at all, like as a player, as a character or anything. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that I mean, you kind of talked about the the character reacting and growing as a a person of their own to the failure that you mm-hmm. experienced. And I mentioned at the very beginning that Dulinor kind of grew me as a player in that I learned how to RP in that. Have you learned any, like, really cool lessons that you would not have in your regular life through a character? Yeah. So many. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many. <laughs> like a fucking book's worth, dude. Like, think about it. Think about it, man. You could put yourself in any social situation. Yep. And if you get into it, you can see the outcomes of so many different predicaments and social situations with your party, with NPCs, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as long as your DM is willing to play ball on those sorts of things. And not only have I learned a ton of stuff, but I would even go as far as to say it's a great way for people in real life that have issues with like yeah. with, with social interactions like social issues to, yeah to practice because, absolutely because once you realize how to detach from yourself and rp as a character you can do the same thing with yourself in real life and realize that like the the actions you take and the things that you say are just things that come and they pass by they come and go and it's not like a reflection yep. of your person and reputation and like nobody actually the, the boiling it down is like nobody actually gives a fuck about anything. Yeah. <laughs> so like just have fun and do do whatever you think is right. Doesn't mean be an asshole. Right. Um, right. But tons of stuff. I'm trying to think of like a really specific scenario though, instead of generalizing. Say the ask me the question one more time. I'm gonna think really hard. Sure. So hmm. in playing all these different characters. Have you, as a player or even as a person, mm-hmm. learned any like life lessons, or have you developed more as a person through the experiences of a character? That's a good question. I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> you, you answer. <laughs> I ain't got no answers. Here you go. <laughs> Listen, hey, we're still ironing out all the kinks of this show, and I am. <laughs> Literally running the whole production of all these cameras That's in true. real time That's true. and trying to listen to you and engage with you. So this is a new frontier. This whole like being <laughs> in VR. If anybody out there wants to volunteer to come in and run our production booth, 
Please, oh man, yeah. Please Run the cameras. Come in and be a part of this. We'll pay you in fucking I don't know. Cookies. VR hugs. VR hugs. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We go and track the wrong people. No, but for real, answer your own question. Like, like, what is a specific? Let's try to get to the nitty gritty and answer really specifically, because that's what I'm yeah, interested okay. in. Uh, it was another one with Dulinar. So I played. I've played. I think three. I want to say long form characters. If you don't count no one, no one was like a, a mid form character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I even learned something about being a father from no one. Oh, you know what? I do have one. It's really deep, though. I'm not sure if it's appropriate okay. for a silly podcast, but we can. You know what? Fuck it. Who cares? You go first. I'll tell you my my deep one after. Because okay. mine was a father thing too. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so as as Dulinor, uh, I learned basically kind of what you were mentioning, like a social issue. I had always had uh, a problem with putting out ideas in front of people. Mm-hmm. But in this like heat of the moment, we're being chased across the plains towards this elven kingdom, right? Chased by a band of, of a warrior band of orcs, and they're like hot on our heels. And all of a sudden, we get close to the gates, and everybody's like, okay, all right, let's slow down. We're here. We're safe. Dulinor's thinking, absolutely not. We have to get in there. Those orcs were just like shooting arrows at us 200 feet ago. We got to warn the kingdom. They're under attack. And so I ran to the front, and I like became the 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 face of the group to yeah. these new people. Was No, answer me this. In this moment, did you feel mm-hmm. like you had to be the one that stepped into the spotlight or no one else would have? Yes. So it forced you into a role that maybe you weren't comfortable with before. It did. Okay. Yeah. Leadership role. Because, yep. And in the back, or for most of the campaign, I had just kind of been in the back because, like I mentioned, the character was basically useless. The first three, the, the three cantrips he had were Firebolt, which is useful in combat, mm-hmm. Prestidigitation, and Dancing Lights. They mm-hmm. ultimately aren't that cool. The two level one spells were Sleep and... Um, I can't remember the, the the second one because I never used it. Literally sure. never used it. Sure. It was like befriend animal or something. Sure. But basically this background character jumps to the front and that was a teaching moment for me mm-hmm. through Dulinor. But also afterwards, the players around the table were like, What are you doing? You goofball, you're being a weirdo. Why are you, you know, basically saying like how would why would you RP that? And instead of continuing that in the game, I caught a little flack outside of you know, character, and I was that I was, phew, fucking brushed that right off. I wouldn't have done that before. I would have, I would have internalized that. Yeah. So it was really cool, like breaking out of the shell in the moment and then translating it immediately to real life. Super handy, dude. It feels yeah. like you're. It feels like you're kind of cheating, right? It feels like. <laughs> yeah. It feels like you're taking something from, from like a video game or like you know how when we think about we use video games and D and D and all this other like entertainment things like we use them as an escape. So we don't associate them necessarily as like a one-for-one with real life. But I think that things like video games, D&D, all all these escapes, it's not really an escape. I think that they're almost kind of like, like parallel. Like you're you're switching tracks on a train, right? Like you're Uh A-being something or like the upside down sort of thing. Like this... You can take so many things and apply them to so many other things in life, but I think it's our human brains like to categorize things and say, oh, but that's different. 
But yeah, it, yeah. But is it? But I mean, is it? No. Right? Like, have you tried using it? Have you tried, like, speaking up in class to present an idea? Right. Or is it literally just the fear? Because you're lucky. You know why I think you're, you're a little bit lucky is, like, some people go through life and they don't even get an opportunity to be pushed into the leadership role. That's true. Right? They put themselves in environments that maybe subconsciously they're always safe because there's always uh-huh. somebody who will step in. And then they never yeah. get the opportunity because they're stuck in in safety. I think that's another big thing D&D can help with. Yeah, because absolutely. Because even people that are super charismatic, this is another thing I really love about. I run a lot of one-shots uh, here, not here, in Chicago, where, <laughs> where, we, where we are virtually, but in Seattle, where I actually live, I run a lot of one-shots for, for you know, pl- just one-shots for players, um, strangers. And... Even somebody who's super charismatic or normally can play a leadership role, if they're able to properly RP a good support character to help usher less confident people into forcing them basically to play their characters out in a leadership role is such a boon for them, not just as players, but as people. And I've seen it happen many Mm -hmm. times where... I can just see, you know, you know when somebody's a DM as a player because you know they start, cogs start turning in their brain when they're analyzing the other players at the table and they start, instead of caring about how cool they are, they start pushing other people to be cool. They start making yeah. other people look really cool. Yep. Right? Um, and then also a topic that came up as we were talking about this is you were talking about, you know, cantrips and spells and cool and it's like, mm-hmm. when I think about the best D&D games or the best moments, I don't usually think about, remember that time when you used Fireball? Right. It's usually, well. the, it's usually the coolest thing that players do. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to hit you with some knowledge right here. Ready? Yeah. Okay, hit the me. Cool, yep. I'm about to hot take, okay? The coolest thing you could ever do in a D&D game is when you are prompted by somebody or an NPC... Or an, or a player, if you are prompted with something important, like in like in the conversation, and you pause, and then say one authentic, genuine word back, and that's it. I think that those are some of the most memorable times yep. when everybody kind of takes a breath. There's a pause, and then a super in character, genuine statement or question. And ever you, I feel like I'm remembering parts in our, um, our last Eberron arc where we were in Thrain, yeah. and there was a lot of like, you know, there was a lot of issues with the the organized religion and the paladins and the clerics, and there's a lot of internal struggle in the party because of what like like in game racial issues and like all yeah. sorts of behavior, and I remember in the Gold Dragon Inn the seriousness of a couple of those episodes where there were oh, man. it felt like. The people in the group were working out some serious issues in character. And there were a couple, like, punchlines that just... I'm thinking about them, and I'm getting goosebumps. Like, my hair is standing up. Because people were, like, really bringing up a serious question. Pausing. And then, in character, genuine one or two word response. And then, silence. Some of those are just, like, the best moments ever so realize everybody out there that when you're making characters 
picking spells, thinking about how sick it's going to be when you hit three times on one turn. Remember that when you're, when you're in a situation where you're having a conversation with NPCs or your friends or your, your party, you have opportunities to say the coolest thing. And usually that comes not by like overanalyzing and thinking about what I'm going to say. It's step into the shoes, get behind the eyeballs of what your character is and how they relate to the situation. Sp step in, right? Say, hey, everybody, I got something to say about this. If you did that in a D&D game, everybody shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Like if you, if you genuinely in character were like, hey. I got something to say right now. It would just suck the air out of the room. And then if you genuinely say what your character's feeling or saying, I guarantee you people won't remember anything else from that session besides that cool moment that you had genuinely mm -hmm. in character. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I, that's what I think. That's I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, look, like look at a lot of movies, like people remember, lines and stuff from movies like the action sequences and certain things are cool but like nobody quotes a series of explosions and car chases they quote movie lines that are impactful mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. that's the memorable part can i tell you my dad's story now yes you can <laughs> so, sorry we got way off track it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> can um, i talk wait, about wait how did day? that wait so how did so being pushed into a into a leadership position when your mm -hmm. party was like kind of unsure and it was in, uh, it was of the essence, yep. you said that had to do with f being a father. No, that was no one. The no one arc talk, right? About, like some dad stuff, right? Could you like, just the... briefly explain that real quick so that I can piggyback on the dad? That's not sure. a sentence I thought I'd say today. <laughs> <laughs> so I played a character called No One the Unbroken. He was a warforged uh, barbarian. And in one of the dungeons, we found the this dirty, abused child. We were running the mod. Sorry to butt in. We were running oh, yeah, no. a module for the back of the Eberron book, the newest Eberron book for 5e. And we were yeah. running the module at the back. And this is the story about how you almost ruined the entire module because of daddy issues. Now I'm remembering <laughs> everything. Continue. Yeah. So you went down into so these uh, pits where a child was was in a cage. Yeah, so th this kid was in a cage in his own feces and rotten food, beaten, battered, and bruised. And no one made a connection with this kid because of his backstory. But, like, that playing through that, that connection and, like, caring for that kid and, and bringing him out, I think, I mean, who knows now? I'm not a dad yet. But, like, that may have an impact on how I see my actual son someday. Like, oh, my God, that's a little me. Isn't that wild that you could have that... You have perspective on yeah. Listen, this is what's crazy is like some people might argue, you know, the actual dads out there, sit back down. Okay, listen, it's our show. <laughs> sit the fuck back down. I don't have kids either. And mm -hmm. some people might say, oh, well, you know, everything will change when you have a real kid. It's not the same. You, uh, they get like all elite about it. But mm -hmm. like you have perspective that you possibly will compare your parenthood to. That was, yeah. that was not there. Like those connections in your brain were not there. You have no references, but you role played them out in D and D and you're right. It may affect how you parent your child, like <laughs> playing pretend as a robot and saving, 
<laughs> saving some other listen and you forgot to mention the part where you're supposed to bring this child back to his real father and to you wanted to steal him <laughs> I told him his- <laughs> so really you learned about kidnapping and not parenting <laughs> So, well, okay, the thing the thing that, like, would have translated is that no one would have done anything for that kid in that situation because he saw that the, the position that this kid was in was a, re- a direct result of the mistreatment by his actual So father. why did you steal that child, sir? Listen, <laughs> I'd do anything for that kid. <laughs> so funny. Oh. But it's true. I mean, you could have so much perspective now. On something mm-hmm. that doesn't even exist in your life yet. Or maybe it already does. Right? Yeah. How real is it? Um, I'll just tell my daddy's story real quick. Because <laughs> I had this one DM, Seismic. I'm not sure if he'll, he'll watch or listen to this. But super great DM. Uh, good D&D buddy. Um, but in like the first arc of this long campaign we played, he literally killed my mom in front of me and my dad. Oh, my God. God. And it really Whoa. did feel like there was nothing I could do about it. And I'm not sure if that was intentional. Um, and I was upset about it in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it not to like get too much into my real, real life, because I also love my dad, my real dad. And he was a great parent, had a great upbringing. But it did... I can't help but not think I tapped into things in my past, in my family, in my childhood, in my in my father that I projected onto the father I had in the game. Okay. And in a weird way, because he's a good DM too, I acted out in that way, having that like projections of all the things like I saw, because because um, immediately what happened is like I'm a I'm a younger guy. I think my character was like 22, 23. My father was there also watching these bandits kill my mom, and my father did nothing. Like he just stood beside me and we watched. Oh. And so the whole time I have this narrative in my head where I'm like constantly looking over at my father, like like do something. Like you're the husband, you're, and then yeah. he just he just like let it happen, right? Yeah. And you know what's crazy is that moment that happened like that was the moment where I basically tossed out my character's idea, like the future of that character. Mm-hmm. I ripped it up. Wow. And it felt so bittersweet, right? Uh-huh. Because it was the first time. I've ever been genuinely upset to the point where like tears, like real genuine upsetness in the best way possible. Don't get me wrong. This is not a, like he shouldn't have done that. Listen, if you have your session zero and you say, Hey, is everything cool? You get on the list, right? Everything that's like triggering, whatever. And you're both like, okay, we're all good. Right. There's no takesy backsies on that. Right. So you better be prepared for whatever the DM has for you, that emotional roller coaster. And it was one of the most emotional times for me, a lesson that I've learned, especially out of that, that kind of relates to my real life too, is like I love my dad. And when I was playing Asher, who was the character I was playing, um, he loved his dad too. But in that moment, he realized that like just because someone is your father still makes them a human. 
Right. And they can fuck up. Yeah. Right? Your parents are not fucking gods. They're not superheroes. They're not all, they don't know what's best all the time. Mm-hmm. They're doing, they're doing their best. Usually sometimes mm-hmm. they're not, but like that was another big thing that kind of let me, gave me a lesson in the game and out. Cause it led the way that character was. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. Got kind of, it got kind of Anakin Skywalker towards the end. <laughs> like, like, cause that shit never really got resolved. So he was starting to get dark. Like, that's when I took inflict wounds as a fucking cleric, right? Gotcha. It's yep. like, see you later, healing spells. <laughs> like, you killed my mom in front of me and I hate my dad. So like, we're, <laughs> we're about to listen to some bullet for my Valentine right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really like a great experience because there was a lot of things that maybe I was holding on to in real life too where um you know I don't you don't have to get approval from your parents to like move on with your life. You don't need to let them dictate anything. You can look up to the qualities that they have, but you don't have to put on put them on a pedestal. Yeah, um, and you yeah. don't have to depend on them either. Like you're, you make your own destiny, no matter what kind of heritage or history you have. Like that, that arc taught me life is precious. Wow. And that's coming from somebody that's not like very spiritual or very religious or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a super impactful, rare moment that taught me some real life shit just from yeah. like role playing it. That is a huge ah, lesson to pull out of D&D. I need a fucking cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in, in the vein, I only want to touch on this, like, briefly. Hey, we're uh, out of pilot, baby. Talk as long as you want, I, dude. I know, but, like, I, I want to touch on it briefly because mm-hmm. this is way deeper than a silly skeleton sitting at a table, which is good. I but agree. A lot of, a agree. Lot of people kind of joke right like it's 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 all over D twitter and, and stuff like that that yeah. like dungeons and dragons isn't a game it's free therapy for nerds Ooh. and a lot of people <laughs> okay <laughs> it's hot dude preach a it. lot of a lot of people joke about that but like that's kind of a real thing like the lessons we learned from that even though mine may not apply ever right mm-hmm but yours like had an immediate effect. The leadership stuff had an effect. It helps yeah. you break out of some of the perhaps character flaws that you may yeah. perceive in yourself and, and kind of come past them. It lets you touch some shit that you're too afraid to touch in real life. Right. Through lets somebody you, else. Lets you poke the bear a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I agree. And you know what? Actually, I hate to boast about the podcast while we're recording the podcast, especially like <laughs> like two episodes deep. But look I at think, this awesome but, shit we're doing. But no, but listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because we're sitting here being goofy characters, and I don't know if you do this too, but sometimes I'll be talking and I'll see myself in the feed as this character, and I'll start mm-hmm. to fucking get a little bit mysterious for no fucking reason. It's like. <laughs> Where is my real voice? <laughs> like, what's happening right now? But us being characters, and, mm-hmm. like, we're being goofy, whatever, silly jokes, but also touching on the serious topics as the goofy characters, I feel like it's going to be better to watch and listen to. Right? Yeah. It kind of lets you... It's like, it's okay to talk about this shit. It's like a nice... It's like a good... You know what I'm trying to say? What am I trying to fucking say? Like, it... It's... It's not people 
spilling all this stuff on you know in front of a camera it's a couple of goofy characters talking about fairly universal yeah i agree i agree fairly universal things I, I, I get what you're saying it is really hard to put into words yeah um all i know is it's good and i hope people enjoy it um did we want to bring our special guest on is it about that sure. time Hey, I everybody, it we is. got a special guest for you on the show today. We're actually going to be meeting with another D&D character, finding out what they're all about, have a nice little conversation, see what it's like to actually be from not the real serious world we were just talking about. We're going to meet him in just a second when we're right back with Podcast Plus One. Live from the Underdark of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wonderful, and we're back. And as you know, I am Hypotheses, the great deity from the Underdark of Chicago, Lord of all pizza and nightlife, perhaps. But I'm lucky enough to be interviewing my next... Well, if I'm the patron, you are my new champion. I scouted him out walking across the... The uh, the abyssal plains. I believe that he's level fourteen or some shit. Um, he's a bit of a of a of a Celtic man <laughs> in very nice armor. And I thought, wow, look at that sword. I'ma get me some of that as a deity. So, how can you serve moi? Well, you're right. I've got a mighty big sword. That's basically all I've got. I am level 14, though I've never been it before. I just turned 14 this morning, in fact. Ah. What's your, what's your class? Uh, well, I guess at this point I'd be an Oathbreaker Paladin. Ah, I like it, because you're, you had another god. Who was your last god? Aphrodite. That's like, that's a sex one, right? She's just very beautiful. So am I. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you, tell me a little bit about yourself. What did you say your name was again? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I prefer to keep it that way. <laughs> Thank you very much. I signed the the anonymity clause in the contract before I walked in, and we agreed. Look, I, power for power, no names. I already told you I turned 14 this morning, and this is already bad. We haven't finished uh, separation clauses with Aphrodite yet, so it's going to be a minute before I can actually tell you my name. Okay, tell me a little Publicly, bit about yourself. of course. Tell, tell, without saying your name, Celtic warrior, level 14, Oathbreaker <laughs> Paladin. You know, you're not as... I can see under your helmet, you're not as pale as I thought you would be. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> as he covers his face. I'm not using a voice changer. <laughs> it's, so what, who is this character? Where are you coming from, dude? Like, what's your story so far? You got the 14, so there's got to be some shit. Let me get my coffee. Well, being in the service of Aphrodite for 17 years has led to many adventures. 
often in brothels. You got 14 brothels? Oh, far more than 14, my friend. Oh, my God. Gosh. I've been to nearly every brothel in the land. You're my kind of hero. (laughs) Hey, cheers. I hope I can reach this time. I hope you remember to edit a sound in there. (laughs) I don't have to. I clicked glasses on my dirty ass desk. (laughs) Nice. That's amazing. Now that's improv. Oh my god, level 14 just by brothels. You're doing like, is this a speed run? (laughs) Some would say. 80% only brothel run. (laughs) Dude, this is the best. Imagine if we started, you know what, that'd be a fun arc to run a game where you get XP. Like, you don't get XP for killing monsters and looting treasure. Like... (laughs) You get XP for conquering brothels and collecting their money. You collect their money? Aye, for the service of Aphrodite. <laughs> oh, that's right. So go go through a process. So you, you're just walking into... Do you have a party, by the way, or are you solo? Because if uh, you did I'm 14 s- in brothels solo, you're in a whole nother tax bracket for D. Aye, aye. No, I've got a party. Uh, mm-hmm. It's three other paladins like myself. Mm-hmm. All paladin uh, I- party. All paladins. Are you the only oathbreaker? I am the only oathbreaker. Do they know? Not yet, which is why I can't reveal my name. I understand. You're in somewhat it's... of like a deity witness protection service program right now. Of, of course. Which is why I... you're wearing the helmet that shows that none, maybe none you're of not my Irish actual at all. face. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some tan Irish. Hey, right into the show if you're a tan Irish person. Irish with a tan. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, so you've got a party of three paladins. Aye. Okay, and like you, you roll into a town. What's the first thing that you do? Like, what's the order of business? Brothel. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. Are they into it too? The other two Who? paladins? Aye. Okay, so... Huh, interesting. I mean, is there ever, like, competition? Like, do you ever fight over the pe- the, the the denizens of the... I don't know how to say sluts well, in a different we, way. <laughs> well, we often Not, fight the denizens, actually. The they denizens don't give up their money the very willingly. So you, what do you do? You just walk into a brothel? Is there any promiscuous, like, activity at all? Do you, or do you just walk in, fight them, and take their money? Well, I mean, there's promiscuous activity all over. It's a brothel. Yeah, but do you participate? Absolutely not. Oh, my gosh. So you're... So are you like the Robin Hood of brothels? Taking More... f- taking from the promiscuous and giving to the <laughs> to p- the god of pr- promiscuousness? I, to the goddess of up. promiscuity? Man, I, I like the sound of this character because I feel like... He would do anything for me, regardless of the outcome. I have killed many a hooker Mm -hmm. to take their money and give it to a goddess who probably doesn't even know my name. Hmm. Well, to be fair, I don't know your name either. And you will, eventually. (laughs) What would I have to give you in order to reveal your name to me? Because I, as... 
hypotheses, the Lord of the Underdog <laughs> of Chicago. I can't write you in my book and give you no powers if you ain't giving me a name. You know what I'm saying? So what do you? What would you do? What would you? What, I, would, what would I need to do? I need the power to smite down the other two clerics I've traveled with for the past seventeen years. I thought they were paladins. What did I say? Paladins. Paladins is exactly what I said. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll kill them tonight. Great. Okay. Shake on it. Aye. Okay. Ow. <laughs> I punched the microphone. Yes. Yeah, we'll just do the woogity woogity. Okay, yes. I, my hand doesn't woogity. I have other powers. <laughs> <laughs> Live on your mortal plane with your woogities. <laughs> I'll be over here killing your friends overnight. Um, all all right. right. Well, that was simple. My name is Dean. Dean. Oh, Dean. Okay. All right. Just got to write that down in my my dibbly do. Shabab. Okay. Uh, Shababity boobity. Um, you have my powers. Wonderful. What are they exactly? Um, I'll be honest. You were the first deity that uh, reached out, and mm-hmm. I just took the offer immediately. Yeah. Very smart. Very smart indeed. And also a good lesson for all you out there wanting to play D&D. <laughs> the most fun you can ever have is literally being the yes man to your DM. <laughs> because they'll put you in situations that seem like a big choice or, or that you shouldn't take it. And when you look them dead in the face, <laughs> yes. it will change the game forever oh thank you so much dean you now have powers um you're gonna be able to to go to any brothel and they'll automatically recognize you give your give you their money immediately and you'll be able to just live a life of (laughs) walking into brothels and taking their money for the rest of your days your friends will be dead and i don't care what happens otherwise but what's the catch? Oh, you'll have to work in my brothel. Work in your brothel. Uh-huh. And that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Dean, our special guest. Thank you to Falcon. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure rolling dice with you. This coffee isn't real. And I've been Kilgo the Mighty. Write into us at this specific email right now. That's going to be told to you by Dean in his definitely Irish accent. (laughs) (laughs) Whilst holding a banana. You can write in to the podcast plus one at podcast plus one spelled O-N-E mail at gmail.com. Once more, that's podcast plus one. Plus one, mail at gmail.com. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. And rate us on fucking iTunes. I hate this part of the show. Can we just skip it? They're going to do whatever they want. Yeah, they Appreciate are. you. Goodbye. Have a nice Bye. day. Thanks for listening. Okay, then the news music will come. <laughs>